What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us today on this fine morning. Starting your week off with the daily briefing, all sorts of important news topics. But before we do all that, October 1st, show the hell up, everybody. Fifth Street Brewing Company in Perryville, Maryland. Holy shit, do we got a show planned. We got Justin Silver. We got myself. We got Menu and Heart. And we've got Chris Vega. Uh, it's a nice size room. Delicious beers coming out. That's going to be a fun evening. And then uh, also at the end of this show, I have the audio from... Episode two of the uh, hate watch party with myself and Brian from Lions of Liberty. Uh, so for anyone who's watching this right now, you can go to my Twitter page. We streamed it. It was about an hour. And then I got to pull that down uh, and it'll be audio only for everyone that enjoys it. All right. That's all the announcements. I don't know if you were looking for more announcements. I don't know if you were like catching a, like an announcement groove and you're like, I'm flowing with these announcements. But that's all the announcements that I got, except there's one issue that I'd like to take on before we get into the regular news topics, because there, I mean, there's a lot of important news topics, but there's another issue important and dear to my heart, which is I want to come out against sugar powder on donuts. I'm not coming out against donuts. I love donuts. Donuts are delicious. What I think though, is that powdered sugar, it's it, like who can eat powdered sugar donuts without getting powdered sugar all over themselves. And I'm not the only person who's eating donuts on the car. You, you don't want to be pulled over by a cop. And it looks like you were just doing fucking blow all over yourself. And you got to explain, no, I'm just fat and was eating jelly donuts. And it doesn't add that much. I would very, I would be curious to try all the donuts that they're adding the powdered sugar to, to try it without the powdered sugar. Cause I don't think that powdered sugar is adding enough that it's worth the expense of then feeling the shame of being covered in powder. I bet. Cause I don't wash my car. I don't know. You guys wash your car. You guys clean your car. I bet if you got under that, uh, under my seat, there's probably like, you, you could probably get a, like a cocaine brick of just powdered sugar that's fallen down there. And, uh, you know, you, you know, that feeling you get out of a car and you just got to like brush it off. It's like, just, just don't do the powdered sugar. Jelly donuts are delicious. It doesn't need that. Or give me the cinnamon sugar. I like the cinnamon sugar, even though that gets a little bit all over the place. It's clear. No one, no one's really seeing it. Maybe it looks like you went to a strip club or something. It's all sparkly and shit. All right. Now we can get into some actual news topics. Now that I got off that off my chest, cause you know, it's been bothering me since Saturday night. Um, so let's start with AOC says governor sending migrant buses to liberal cities are committing crimes against humanity. And, uh, I feel like all of politics has just gone very, like, it's very heavy metal at this point. It's It feels like everybody is that teenage kid looking at their parent going, you're ruining my life right now. I can't dress like a slut. You fucking, you're ruining, you're literally ruining my life. The fact that I have to stay home on a Saturday night and I can't wear a short skirt, you're ruining my, I was never this kid because uh, I dormed in high school. So I was just smart enough to lie to my parents. You know, I would just come home and go, yeah, be a good boy. I'm so sorry. I would just nap a lot when I was home so I can get back to school and smoke weed all week. That's what I would do. I went home on the weekends and I slept the whole weekend and I behaved myself. Oh, yeah, I'm such a good. And then I go back to school and I would drink and I'd smoke and I'd have a fucking party. But, you know, I know these other kids, they like fighting with their parents. You're literally ruining my life. And that's what all of politics feels like. It needs to be like more like jazz. It needs to be a little bit more like I'm not going to take this really hard stance so that I can better incorporate what your stance is and let me hear you out. But instead, it's all who can just come up with the most inflammatory slogan. It's all very it, it, I feel like we're at that stage of the divorce where instead of trying to figure this stuff out, uh, everyone's just going to the community to try and shame their spouse. Like that's where we're at at this point. Like you're not showing up to court. 
You're not showing up. You're not sitting with like the divorce lawyer. You're not trying to hear out the other party. You're not trying to see what they want. You're just going to the barber shop to say how he cheated and that he won't do the, it won't make the payments. Like there, there's none of the solving the solution things. It's just heavy metal, yell about ruining life, go out there and dare, hey, just air all the dirty laundry without, you know, considering any solutions. Uh, and I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, um, start a new segment on the show where uh, obviously, you know, we live in a big country and we're all living uh, very different lifestyles. And uh, sometimes there's people living, um, I'm not even going to call them alternative lifestyles. They're newer lifestyles. They're, they're paving a new path so that down the line, even more individuals can walk on the road that they paved for the rest of us. Uh, they're pioneers. They're pioneers in living your true self and living your true life. And uh, on this show, um, while we might say offensive things, we do our best to try and understand the perspective of other individuals. You know, try and just uh, as best as we can understand their psychology, understand their logic, see what they're bringing to the table and see what we're missing. And so we're going to start a new segment on this show called Trans Women of the Week, where we celebrate, you know, the real pioneers of this new style of connecting with the with the with the gender that you know to be in your brain but uh god paid a prank on you and put you into the wrong body so we're going to do our best to try and no jokes there we're, we're going to do our best to try and understand the perspective and so uh in this case we have to celebrate a um a lady uh living out in canada uh, and like anything, you know, everyone, you, you try and push something as far as you can. It's like you want to go to the moon. Next guy wants to go to Mars. So what we have is a lady here. And so some women, when they transition, uh, they do their best to look like a lady. And then other people, when they transition, they get big old bowling ball tits. They get the biggest bowling ball tits you've ever seen. If you brought Jessica Rabbit to life, you would not find tits like this. If you're a kid and you're in class and you're looking at this lady and you're confused, who wouldn't be turned? I mean, I, I'm not even that turned on. But this is like if you found uh, the fattest pregnant woman in the world and you combined both of her tits into one tit, you wouldn't get one of these guys titties. And he's not even bothering with the bra. You know why? You don't have a bra that can encompass these bowling balls. These are full basketballs. You, you, there is no bra in the world that can maintain this. So it's full fledged nipple right in your face. If you haven't seen the footage, it feels like you're watching a Mad TV sketch with Will, Sass Will Sasso from the 90s. It just looks like, and especially that it's a shopkeeper, but that's what makes it so pioneering. Because with the shopkeeper, I would think if you got big old hanger titties all over these saws, at some point you're going to end up taking off your own titties. But no, nope. I, I mean, maybe that's because of his workmanship that he was able to construct this within his own house. And so I'm just saying, while you know, women are out there and they're pushing the max of how they can augment themselves and still work jobs while being around kids. Uh, you got to give credit where credit's due when some people are really just pushing into territory that no one's ever been before. Paving the road for the next generation of people to, you know, I, I, I feel like I've said everything we can on this. So uh, to this lady teaching kids in Canada, we salute you. Uh, this is from CNN Health. Having a history of psychological distress may trigger long COVID study says. Let's read a little bit before I even give any commentary. Let's read a little bit. You may have up to a 50% higher risk of developing long COVID if you suffer from common psychiatric issues such as anxiety or depression, a recent study found. 
Signs the malady can include breathing problems, brain frog, chronic coughing, changes in taste and smell, overwhelming fatigue, difficulties in performing daily life functions, and disruptions in sleep that can last months, even years after the infection has cleared the body. People who self-identified as having anxiety, depression, or loneliness, or who felt extremely stressed or worried frequently, uh, frequently about the coronavirus were more likely to experience long COVID-19. Uh, so in other words, sounds like long COVID-19 is just mental illness. It sounds like uh, you had a virus and then you convinced people that they were going to die when they weren't going to die. You convinced them that they were going to be incredibly at risk. You convinced them that the vaccine was going to work and now they're at home and they're all fucked up because they, they, don't, they don't know how to differentiate fact from fiction. They don't know how to assess risk anymore. They don't know who they're supposed to trust. I mean, think about it. They spent a whole life, their entire year in their house trying to protect themselves from a thing that they didn't need protection from while taking a vaccine that wasn't going to work while their friends that weren't listening are all doing fine. And they totally committed themselves to this cause of staying home. They ruined all their habits. They stopped going to the gym. They stopped showing up to a job at work. Next thing you know, they're a person that stays at home all day watching Netflix shows that they don't even like, browsing on social media, looking at porn, eating food. We all, you know, some of us, we did the pandemic thing for a little bit, and then we figured out how to find other people that were like, all right, we're going to try and live our lives. And then other individuals really fully committed themselves to, I'm going to make myself as miserable as possible to pledge my allegiance to government and this system of listening to experts, because that is my spirituality, that government is good. And as long as I pay tribute to that government and I listen to all their instructions and I'm doing good. And the more miserable that that makes me, the more that I'm giving to my myself to this government. And that means that I'm, I'm, I'm like the, the archangel of living within our society, because that's what society is about. It's not about critical thinking. It's not about doing your own research. It's not about even having conversations with doctors or other people. It's about pledging allegiance to government and what they've told you and then finding out that that was not right uh, and then finding out, well, no, the reason why you're so depressed is because this virus is lingering and then only for them to admit later on. Because, uh, by the way, for a while, this was their last straw. Their last straw was, yeah, but we got to protect against long COVID. This was the last thing that they had was that, yeah, maybe the virus isn't that deadly, but you got this long COVID thing. And by the way, when I say that deadly, I mean, for, you know, people that aren't old and fat, Let, let's just uh, try and keep things as accurate as possible. Uh, and now it would seem, and even this, even this is having a history of psychological distress may trigger long COVID. It's may, it's not, Hey, turns out that's just mental illness. And then that might be helpful. If you just tell people, Hey, this is in your head. This has nothing to do with that disease. So you got to start working on you. You got to start working on getting out. Because otherwise, people might think, oh, I'm sick. I better stay home. And you need someone to tell them, nope, you are fine. You are making this up. It's all fabric uh, fabric of your imagination. So you better start figuring out how to develop some better habits and trying to be happy again. All right. And then we've got uh, um, Joe Biden, who up close still kind of looks like Joe Biden. But in like the wide lens, it looks like someone created a Halloween mask of like a demented Mr. Rogers. The way he's just mouths off and, and and he's just kind of walking like as if you know as if there's a, a puppeteer there it really just he's, he's at that stage now where it looks like you're looking at the crank anchors version of joe biden like someone's turned the guy into a puppet but let's see what he had to say about covid and i'm gonna move over let me know i i believe i've taken the time i've researched my equipment i am fairly certain 
that I know exactly how we can play sound in the most professional of fashions. Um, but let me know. It's a short clip. So if it didn't work, we can just uh, change the sound settings here. It's not a big deal. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. So there we have it. President's letting us know that COVID's over and you want to know that the proof is COVID over is look, no one's wearing masks because I guess that's what it was about the entire time. It wasn't about a government mandate. It wasn't about them telling us. It wasn't about what the death numbers were about. It was about look around at how people feel about this. And since they're not really feeling listening to Fauci and being told that they have to stay home and they have to wear a mask, the pandemic is over. Now, here's the issue with Joe Biden making a declaration that the pandemic is over. Is this Joe Biden telling us his personal feelings when he says that? Because uh, this is coming courtesy of Zero Hedge, that while Joe Biden is claiming the pandemic is over, the government is definitely still operating like we're in pandemic mode. I mean, I think we're still doing emergency authorization so that kids can get vaccinated. Is that a sign of a pandemic being over? Then why is there emergency authorization? That's not even in this list. Here, let's take a look at some of the bullet points of the list of all the cases in which, uh, you know, government is still operating as if there's a pandemic. And now it could be that Joe Biden's just giving us his personal opinion, you know, same way as his personal opinion was that we should be in war with Russia. Sometimes the president of the United States of America doesn't actually talk for the country. He doesn't actually talk for the policies that we're going to have. Honestly, anytime that Joe Biden's not reading the teleprompter, you can assume that when he's going off script, that doesn't represent whoever the people that actually make the decisions are. There's another unit of government that actually makes the decisions, put the words on the teleprompter in front of him, put Joe Biden's pants on and drug him so that he can come off as coherent for short periods of time while they mess around with the, uh, with the, um, the CGI effects that sometimes uh, blink, that sometimes make it look like his mouth has fallen off his face like a melting candle. Uh, but with all these features, He's out there and he's just giving his personal opinion that the pandemic's over. So let's read a little bit from the Zero Hedge article of uh, how I guess the rest of government doesn't really see it that way. First, the administration relied on the pandemic to justify the massive loan forgiveness program at cost of as much as one trillion dollars. Two, the pandemic is also being used by states continued crackdowns on those who refuse to get vaccinated, including in New York, just fired a whole bunch of teachers over that. Uh, private companies like T-Mobile are also moving this month to fire unvaccinated workers. The president also heralded the removal of masks recently, despite the continued requirements for some schools and other locations under pandemic rules. Uh, you guys can go look up this article. They cite more examples. And then here is from the Daily Mail. New York City fires another 850 teachers and teaching aides after they failed to get the COVID vaccine by September 5th deadline, bringing total to 19, uh, 1,950 terminated by Department of Education since vaccine mandate took effect. And now I got to read you guys this line. This line is so glorious. And sadly, I'm going to have to make this a little bit smaller just so I can see it. Um, the rest... Of the 1,300 who went on leave for a year, 450 agreed to show proof of vaccination by September 5th. The rest are deemed to have voluntarily resigned. They're not being fired, right? 
They're not being fired. They, since they were told that there's a policy and they're not in line with the policy, they're not being fired. Because I think if you're being fired, if you're being fired from your job, uh, then there probably needs to be some clear uh, policy as to why you're being fired. And at some point, someone's going to be in trouble for the fact that you were fired uh, for something that's not really a health risk. I mean, who are you giving COVID to? The kids? I thought you vaccinated the kids. And I thought the kids don't even need the vaccination. So who exactly are these uh, unvaccinated teachers putting at risk? Also, at this point, I thought the emergency is over. So with what and what what are you supposed to go get the the outdated vaccine, the vaccine from two years ago? I thought they have a new one coming out. And I thought that I would have some immunity if I've already had covid. I mean, just think about all the variables that are being completely overlooked here. While people that don't want to take the experimental vaccine that clearly doesn't work and is no longer even policy uh, lose their jobs, but are told that they voluntarily resigned. How nice is that? All right. Now I want to read this. This is from the week magazine. It's on this exact same topic because uh, I think some of the language that they use is very interesting. Let's give it a read and then we'll critique it. Biden tells 60 minutes COVID still a problem, but pandemic is over. President Biden said in a CBS 60-minute interview broadcast Sunday night that the coronavirus pandemic is over, as Americans increasingly consider the threat of COVID-19 to be a diminished, even though hundreds are still dying in the country every day. Let's stop there. As Americans increasingly consider the threat of COVID-19 to be diminished, even though hundreds are still dying in the country every day. So I don't get it. If people in the country are dying every day, shouldn't government be coming in and mandating? Shouldn't they be making this decision for us? I mean, think about it. Why would we just listen to these people who increasingly consider the threat of COVID-19 to be diminished? Isn't this up to government to step in and let us know that we're all making a mistake, that we're putting us and our loved ones at risk, that we all should be staying home? I thought that's the way COVID works. I thought the way COVID works is that all of us cannot make our own decisions. We're a bunch of dumbasses. We don't understand the risk of being out and about. You can't exercise at the park. Your kids can't go to school. They can't learn. Nobody can play. And it's government's job. I mean, if, if people are still dying of this thing, then why aren't we treating this the same way that we already we always did? I mean, there, there's something very confusing about this. So it's just that the since the people have decided, why, why, why do people get to decide this? Shouldn't we be listening to the scientists? Isn't that the way that this system is supposed to work? Biden said the unscripted remark came as Biden struggled to get Congress to approve more funding for vaccine and treatments. Republicans reacted to Biden's comment by questioning the need for continuing the public health emergency if the pandemic is over. Ashish Jha, the White House coronavirus coordinator, said earlier this month, the threat of new variants coming ahead of what might be a difficult fall and winter ahead. It could always be getting worse. All right, let's take a moment to thank one of our fine sponsors today. Let's highlight YoKratom.com. Home of the $60 kilo, the only place in the entire world you can get an entire kilo of Kratom for $60. So if you're out there, you like yourself some Kratoms, you know, don't be uh, don't be driving around. Don't be spending all this money. All you got to do, you go to YoKratom.com, you get a whole bag. It's a, it's a, it's like a firm bag. I mean, it's fun getting a whole kilo of Kratom. I don't know how you guys have listened to the show for as long as you have and you haven't picked up a kilo of Kratom. Not to mention... Uh, Skankfest is totally sold out, but if you go to yokratum.com and you sign up for their email newsletter, I believe that they're picking winners every single week between now and the festival. So if nothing else, just go to the website, throw your email in there, and uh, you might have an opportunity to win some Skankfest tickets along with uh, other prizes. All right, 
now we've got uh, Abbott is apparently sending more migrants uh, to Kamala Harris's residence. And here you can see some of the um, migrants who are uh, congregating outside of, I believe it's the fence for uh, Kamala Harris's home. And uh, how nice is Greg Abbott that, you know, Kamala Harris was unwilling to visit the border. So he's going to bring the border to her. He knows that there's an issue and she just couldn't find the time in her busy schedule to figure out how to get down there and see it for herself. She was really working on a strategy of uh, ignoring the problem. So he's going to just bring it right there so she can see it firsthand. And uh, I just I hope he brings so many people there that uh, at some point Kamala turns around and just goes, OK, fuck this space thing. I need a wall. Someone build a fucking wall outside of my house. I don't give a shit about going to Mars. I don't fucking care about the moon. Build me a fucking wall. I don't want to see these people who are standing outside of my house. Suddenly, it's not going to be so funny. Suddenly, Kamala is not going to be all that laughy. Uh, now, this is a story out of Fox News that in Denver, they're set to give 140 homeless people up to 12000 in cash as part of a basic income program. And uh, if I can, uh, you know, if there's any homeless people out in Denver listening to this, my suggestion to you would be to take that $12,000 and deck out your tent. Wherever it is that you're living, that they don't want you there. If you're in, if you're outside of a store, if you're like someone should open up your tent and it should be like you just walked into like the Queen of England's. Pa- it's like on the outside, shitty tent on the inside, like twelve thousand dollars worth of just jewels, like a nice bed. Just start ordering from Amazon and then really tell them like, hey, you you can't make me move. I, I mean, look, look at how nice my living quarters is. I finally got my living space put together. And and now I'm ready to get out there and, and improve my life. Uh, all right. And then we were talking about uh, that at Yeshiva University, which, by the way, you know, how, how up in arms are we going to get over club clubs, clubs at school? Like the whole thing is a little not in the cool category. I never thought about joining a club in college ever. Anyone here? Anyone here actually engage with their school? I mean, I guess if they had the don't show up and sit on your friend's couch and smoke weed club, I, I would have joined that one or the realize you don't like college and then just go to open mics and fail a bunch of classes club. Maybe I guess I was in that club. (laughs) Uh, But so Yeshiva University, they lost their case. These people, they've uh, they've required that the uh, that the religious institution pays for their club so that they can have a board and they can have a classroom to do whatever it is that the gay club wants to do. It's very important to them that they can have a chalkboard and a classroom. Uh, I, I, I don't know why, you know, maybe we can get a representative from their group and they can tell us exactly what they're looking to do with the classroom. That was very important to them. Uh, and so as a result, Yeshiva university, this is from NPR cancels all clubs after it was ordered to allow an LGBTQ group. Uh, and this is something you go down the archives, go down the R run your mouth archives. I've said this multiple times that this is the problem with our society. It's that we've got idiots, assholes, and complainers. People in these categories, sometimes you got dumbasses, you know, they, uh, they, 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 uh, they'll take their cars and they'll drive them too fast. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're putting regulators on your cars, right? You got assholes. You got a guy who will take his gun and then he'll go shoot up a school. And then you got complainers, people that just make so much noise and whine about things. And then the problem is I view society. It's like we're a river and in all of these elements, they're rocks. But the problem is we mold our society to accommodate the idiots, assholes, and the complainers. So in this case, I don't know, I put these people in the asshole category. You're going to the religious institution and you're requiring that the religious institution 
uh, acknowledge your lifestyle, which is counter to the values of the religion. To me, you're being an asshole. Maybe you're a complainer, but to me, this is more of a dick move. And so what do they do? Of course, they go, all right, you know, it, it's like being just back in kindergarten where if one person can't handle it, then no one in the group gets to have it. You always got to punish the group on account of the one person who's making us think over something. I feel like I've given better explanations of this theory in the past, but I thought that this was a, a good example of it where you got this one people and they're being an asshole. And now you got to mold the entire group where no one gets to have a club on account of the asshole that ruined it. it like you don't get to remove the asshole and go, no, we're going to continue doing our thing or ignore the asshole. Instead, everybody loses something on account of them. It's like a fundamental flaw in society where we shift everything to accommodate these individuals where what we need to be doing is somehow ignoring them, just stiff arming them, moving to the side and then keep living the lives that we're living because otherwise we're, we're living within the structure of a universe that exists and caters to the idiots and the assholes, the complainers, which are the minority and they're the, the worst part of us. So it's like you just got to figure out how to ignore them so that you can continue having a good society that exists for the rest of us as opposed to just catering and removing rights or things that people enjoyed because it was being uh, taken advantage of or ruined by the people of these categories. Uh, now, I was talking quite a bit about like, uh, even if you're going to make the argument that maybe that these colleges have some sort of a protection or government funding or otherwise, like how much socialism do you want to exist that individuals can't decide that they want to live a certain lifestyle and then governments like always imposing on them the values of the government. So for example, if you got a government that's socially very liberal and wants to celebrate uh, individuals from certain communities, so then do they get to mandate onto religious individuals that they're not allowed to follow their religion? Or stated alternatively, we can go back to my Amish example. You can go, hey, these Amish kids without electricity, we need them to be, uh, we're, we're looking at their test scores of their math and their this, and we need these kids to start having online er, earn, learning. So we're going to mandate required education for kids in the Amish camp because, you know, some of them might grow up to be 18 and realize that they didn't like this lifestyle and then they didn't get the education. So we're actually going to open up a public school here and we're going to require <coughs> that they have to learn all of our materials or they have to pass like the GRE or otherwise in order to get out of our school because there's going to be a mandatory minimum of uh, education. Which is interesting. It's an interesting theoretical question. Should government step in and be able to make a call that there's something that's important for uh, for for kids or, or other individuals and then mandate that people can't live alternative lifestyles? Is it is that do we need to be protected from freedom because otherwise subcultures will be imposing things on themselves that government doesn't agree with? And so there was another interesting article in the Wall Street Journal uh, called The Campaign Against Our Yeshivas. And this one I thought was very interesting because last week I wasn't going to cover this topic. Uh, you have schools that essentially exist in America, these religious Jewish schools, and they don't really teach English classes. Um, and so to speak to that, because I did not go to like these very, very religious schools that like because some of them, it's like literally it's not in their curriculum or like they, they just don't do it. It's a waste of time from studying Talmud. Now, I will say, even though I did not go to one of those schools, uh, the school that I went to <laughs> in retrospect, I went to camp, what I call it was Camp Nowhere. My parents spent a fortune for me to get a good private school education. 
that was supposed to include, you know, your math or science or histories or this, that or the other. Uh, but my experience with the school was that it was Camp Nowhere, where if you guys remember that movie, it was all the kids kept it, chipped in so that they could pretend that they were going to the camp that their parents wanted to. So I had a bit of a relationship with the school where it's like I just didn't show up and then they just parented my parents money and they, and they didn't say anything. It worked for both of them. They got to take my, my parents money and then I didn't have to show up to school. Worked out, worked out great for both of us. I didn't like going to school. I got to sit in my dorm room all day. And, you know, read the New York Post and listen to Q1043. I wasn't all that much different. And then in some of the years, you know, drink and smoke a whole bunch, which was fun at the time. It was a really good time. You don't realize till later, oh, man, you know, knowing basic grammar and math might have been helpful for me. But you don't realize that when you're 16, 17, 18. So it was it was a good racket that was going on. My parents paid a bill. And then me and me and the school, we had a little handshake agreement where, you know, I didn't have to show up all that much. And then they got to keep my parents money. It was a pretty it was a pretty good deal. And I found that the uh, the destruction of the system was that they used to. Well, here here was what the schedule was supposed to be. I mean, keep in mind, we were people like me, which is fucking idiot kids with ADD. No one likes school and the school day. I think it was supposed to be prayer services, maybe starting at 730 or eight o'clock. That was over. Let's go with 730. I, I even though I seem to remember eight. Let's go with eight. Let's say it's eight. So you got prayer services at eight. That's over at nine. Then you start your religious studies at 930. There's a lunch break, but that would go all the way till 1.30 or 2 p.m. So your first starting school, like like public school usually ends at 2. We would first start school in the afternoon, which would go from 2 to 6 p.m. And now here's the thing. We were all lying to ourselves. Firstly, none of us paid attention in the religious studies class. By the last, like no one did. Because I mean, you had, no, that's a lie. You had your advanced classes, which were like these kids in the, the classes above me that they were into it. God bless all those kids who are, are, are working good jobs and that school work for them. And then you have the kids like me who parents like to feel good about the fact that they thought their kids were getting the school experience and a school that was willing to lie to them and pretend like they were they were there. And so it was just like a total breakdown of education in any capacity, because since we were lying about doing this religious studies things up until 2 p.m., by the time we turned it over to the math, science and English and it was already kind of considered secondary, it just wasn't really happening. I'm exaggerating a little bit, like freshman and sophomore year, or like there were particular teachers that you had to like show up for. Uh, but by junior, senior, I'm telling you, I really did not show up all that much. And it didn't it didn't help me. Uh, and so that one, oh, so at first, this article was interesting to me because I, I honestly, I just see both sides on this one, which I think is fascinating uh, because this article would indicate the socialism of the system where it's like, why is government stepping in and trying to ruin the lifestyle of religious individuals who are trying to live a particular lifestyle? Why are they going to step in and control if you're paying for private education, mandating that certain things have to be studied? I mean, I like I, I'm not really even coming out on that pro education, biology, chemistry. A lot of these topics are a fucking waste of time. Also, there's a fair amount of individuals out there who got really good at like Talmudic law and then went on just like learn coding or became lawyers. So I'm not saying it's an absolute waste. And so there is an interesting claim here of the socialism of government stepping in and telling religious institutions, hey, you have to have a gay club and hey, you're going to have to start teaching these topics. You got to start following our curriculum. Uh, and then the other side of it of, uh, you know, schools taking government money and then not, um, uh, you know, not even 
educating. All right, let's take a couple comments. Based, also, Rob, you need to bring back the breaking news music at the start of each show. I do plan on doing that. I got a nice, uh, fancy soundboard here. Uh, the problem with that was that there was a tech issue that the sound came in too high, but we might we might go back to that. I did like that segment. Um, all right, Kelly Kalisa, heard you say the theory that all Chinese students here might be spies. Do you think the students who went to this religious school might have parents putting them in as a kind of a plant? Not really. Uh, Kelly Kalisa, because what kind of crazy chooses a religious school and then wants to be out and be out proud and gay? All right, that one's that one's fair. I I, I don't think that there is pants. I do think that there's a weird personality um, that you want to be like you want to be a part of the religion without actually keeping the religion. Um, which you know, religion's weird. Everyone's everyone's allowed to have uh, their relationship with God. Uh, in whatever capacity, but there's something, there's something very strange about like doing something that, you know, the religion doesn't like, and then saying that you have to be accepted for that. Like, cause then you're, you're really asking people to, uh, just, you know, deny their belief in God. Uh, all right. What else? I think I had one more topic and then, uh, we can call it. Oh, let's read this, and then I'll do, I'll play that other uh, that other video later. This is from the World Economic Forum. I don't pay that much uh, attention to the World Economic Forum, but sometimes you read stuff out of there, and it's just it's it's just as creepy as when the villain at the end of a movie, you know, starts giving up their entire scheme. They always have to explain to you in the final act what their scheme was, what they were going for, and how they thought they would make the world better. And we just have to kill off some of these people, because if we don't kill off some of these people, there's going to be too many of these people and no one else is willing to step in and kill people off. So I'm really the good guy here. All right. So let's give this a read. Um, My Carbon, an approach for an inclusive and and sustainable cities. Cities across the world account for almost 75 percent. Oh, before before we read this, if you want to be prepared for a dystopian universe where you're going to have to forage for your own food where the World Economic Forum is tracking you with your phone, seeing how much carbon you're using, there's only one way you're going to make it through it, and it's with sheath underwear. That's the only way you're going to survive. If you got sheath underwear, well, then you're going to be uh, in the most supportive of all boxers with the dexterity you need to move amongst the forest and be the quickest forager out there. When you're out there foraging for mushrooms, you don't want to be in staggy, loose boxers, things flopping all over the place. All of a sudden, you get back to your tent at the end of a long day of foraging. You haven't come up with shit, and some other guy who was wearing sheath that's fucking your wife because he was able to get out there and actually find food while you're being all getting caught up in your boxers and you don't have the dexterity to move quickly among, uh, enough amongst the woods. You don't want that to happen to you. You don't want to be one of these guys who can't get out there and forage and comes back to his tent and finds his wife with someone else. Don't be that guy. So you know how you prevent that? You go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you get 20% off, most comfortable boxers you've ever worn. And uh, people come up to me every show. They go, hey, man, I bought one pair, and uh, that's all I wear now. I have to do laundry every single day. I wake up, I do it in my sink. No one's told me that. All right, let's read this article. Cities across the world account for almost 75% of our total carbon emissions. As countries move towards implementing their pledge for a net zero future, urban areas will remain the action ground for decades to come. While transport and buildings are the major drivers for emissions in cities, the share of individual emissions are significant at around 40%. Inclusive, inclusivity of citizens is becoming the most important element of success or failure in the journey towards sustainability. 
community-led initiatives can make a significant contribution towards sustainability, increased resilience, and social cohesion. There have been numerous examples of personal carbon allowance programs. Isn't that nice? It's an allowance. It's a personal carbon allowance program in discussions for the last two decades. However, they had limited success due to a lack of social acceptance, political resistance, and a lack of awareness and a fair mechanism for tracking my carbon emissions. Our world is transforming big community trends for sustainable cities. There have been significant developments in the last five to seven years on social environment and technology fronts that could help realize my carbon initiatives for shaping the future towards smart and sustainable cities. Specifically to mention three developments in this context. One, COVID-19 was the test of social responsibility. A huge number of unimaginable restrictions for public health were adapted by billions of citizens across the world. There were numerous examples globally of maintaining social distancing, wearing masks, mass vaccinations, and acceptance of contact tracing applications for public health, which demonstrated the core of individual social responsibility. In other words, we've got proof of concept because of COVID. If we were able to scare people with COVID, with all that nonsense, and tell them that they had to stay in their house, that they had to wear masks, I mean, we've completely altered people's lifestyles and they accepted it. They accepted it, and let's be honest, it wasn't even on great science. This is like if you're giving the pitch meeting to your people over there, and you're like, listen, we're going to control all the energy, and we're going to convince people not to live good lives and not to consume the energy that they need to heat their homes, to take vacations, to work a job. And they're like, how are you ever going to do this? And they go, all right, well, off the bat, I know that it sounds crazy, but we've already done it. I mean, look at what I just did with COVID. Did you see what we did with COVID? I mean, people didn't go to work. They shut down their stores. People lost their jobs. People were wearing masks. People were boosting their kids. I mean, if we've ever had proof of concept that people go out there and not listen to science and just engage in activities that are against their own self-interest, we've literally just proved it. All right, let's continue. Two. Fourth Industrial Revolution Technology Breakthroughs. Advancing in emerging technologies like AI, Bitcoin, and digitalization can enable tracking personal carbon emissions, raise awareness, and also provide individual advisories on lower carbon and ethical choices for consumption of product and services. In other words, in the past, we didn't have every single person with a phone. We didn't have digital currencies. We didn't have a way of tracking every single one of your activities on a daily basis. We didn't have cameras to see where you were. We didn't have technologies that you would have to download on your phone that would track every single one of your purchases and line up with the cameras so that we could see where you are at all times and what you're doing. It was a technological problem that we couldn't either just remove your access to your own money or put up giant billboards displaying the amount of electricity that you're using, unless, of course, it's going to be like a church system where if you're rich enough, I think they were paying for pittances or whatever, where if you're rich enough, then you could just go do whatever the fuck you wanted. It's going to be like that. If you're rich enough, you'll just you'll you'll pay the right amount of money where you own the car, where it's the electric cars. They don't they don't they don't track any of the carbon that you're using in your electric car that nobody else can afford. All right, let's continue reading. There have been major. Oh, and by the way, that that is how they're going to do it. It's that they're going to own the like they're going to own the washing machine that you can go use. But since it's being it, it since it's not it's not being used by them, it's being used by you. It's not going to count for electricity usage for them when you're using their shit. And there's going to be like a very limited amount of rental space that you're able to use on everyone else's equipment. And then none of that fucking carbon credits even count towards their usage. All right, let's continue. 
There have been major advances in smart home technologies, transport choices with carbon implications, the rollout of smart meters and providing individual choices to reduce their energy-related emissions, the development of new personalized apps to account for personal emissions, and better personal choices for food and consumption-related emissions. AI can also help strengthen circular economy business models like product-as-a-service model, demand predictions, and smart asset management by combining real-time and historical data from products and users. There's a significant number of programs and applications enabling citizens to contribute towards carbon emissions for providing them in-depth awareness on choices of personal carbon for food, transport, home energy, and lifestyle choices. Am I being pranked right now? Did I end up on like some some website of like a onion type thing where this is just a complete joke and I'm I'm 100% being suckered? I could be. These energy efficiency apps give suggestions and statistics regarding greenhouse emissions. All right, three. Raised awareness and ownership for nature and environment. Last few years, there's an increased awareness and public concern on climate change, especially among youth. In other words, we've been able to convince the young. If we can convince enough people that they're about to die, then they'll be willing to, you know, put us all into a system where we all have to do our part. We all have to contribute. We all we can't have a free rider. We need everyone to agree that they'll be monitored and checked. Even if you live out on a farm in the middle of nowhere, this is a big society. This is a big society. Everyone's got to do their part. Everyone's got to do their contribution. And so even if you would rather, you know, consume electricity, not starve, not be cold in the winter and live in a culture that likes scientific advancements in prosperity, everyone's going to have to do their part. 80% of citizens say they're willing to change how they live and work to combat the effects of climate change. Young adults who have been at the forefront of some of the most prominent climate change protests in recent years are more concerned than their older counterparts about the personal impacts of a warning planet and many public surveys. All right. I think that's enough of that. I think that's enough. I think, uh, I think we can call it there. I think we did a full episode. Uh, everybody. Oh, anyone listening to the podcast, anyone watching the podcast right now, uh, you can go to my Twitter and you can stream last night's uh, Hate Watch Party, which was episode two of uh, um, Hillary Clinton's show, Gutsy. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to insert that now so you guys can uh, enjoy that audio. Uh, if you're curious to see the uh, the video version, I'm going to be pulling that down later tonight. So definitely go to my Twitter now and uh, go stream it. That's the only place that it is. It exists on my Twitter uh, page. Other than that, doesn't exist nowhere and it's not going to exist by later tonight. So go check it out while you can. Thank you everybody for, uh, hanging out with me here. Let's take a couple comments. By the way, the other improvement, I think I'm going to try and get a, a phone line so people can start, uh, can start calling in as well. We're going to do that and I'm going to get more drops. We got, we got big things coming. All right. Uh, based got to have my sheath ad rolls. There you go. When is that guy from sheaths going to be on? He's, uh, uh, later this month, I got to call up. I got to follow up with him. Uh, junior sheath is a quality underwear. There you go. It's a uh, support from the fan base. Uh, all right. And then one last time, everybody, uh, October 1st in Perryville, Maryland, uh, fifth company brewing delicious beers, great comedy coming out. It's going to be a fun night later. Junior sheath is a quality underwear. There you go. It's a uh, support from the fan base. Uh, all right. And then one last time, everybody, uh, October 1st in Perryville, Maryland, uh, fifth company brewing delicious beers, great comedy coming out. It's going to be a fun night later. Welcome to the second ever episode of the hate watch party. We're getting into gutsy episode two, Brian, you had a whole week to reflect on the first episode. Are you walking around? Do you feel like Hillary Clinton's knowledge has improved your life? 
I feel that I, everything I learned about comedy and specifically women in comedy has given me a deeper appreciation of uh, of women, of my wife, of women I see on the street, of catcalling. No longer will I catcall women without making sure that I'm exceptionally uh, touching and I have every cat they've ever hugged in mind before I tell them their tits look great. I find, generally speaking, I hate women more, but the women in my life I hate less because they're relatively more likable than Hillary. So it's like the more I watch Hillary, the more accepting I can be of you know the women I interact with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it's she provides a great mirror into the soul, really. <laughs> and like the soul's going, although I, I was thinking about this. Do you think that when they pitched this show initially, like it's called Gutsy, Yes. But do you think the producer they you know, like they they're pitching the meetings? Do you think every single person they pitched it to wrote down Gunty? <laughs> just like just unintentionally, just like yeah. just, that was just what that was just, that was just jotted that down. That's what the show would be about. <laughs> Isn't yeah. there? There's something. Uh, if you just take one step back, there's something very interesting about the flavor of this show that I would think if I was Hillary Clinton and I lost, I lost the presidency, right? I would think if I was doing a show, the show would be here's the policies that I think could make America better. Like I would do something and I would work with the producer to make that entertaining, but I would do almost like maybe like a John Oliver type thing. Like even me, I'm not a politician. I research issues and I comment on issues. I would think if you were trying to get back into the game to go, Hey, I'm the person with the expertise that can actually solve these things. Everyone else is talking jibber jabber, bullshit, this, that, the other, I would actually do a policy show and I would go here, the biggest issues confronting America and do documentaries about it. Is there something fascinating that it's like if you're trying to win office, it's about being better at television and creating likability propaganda as opposed to show. And the irony of it all is I'm the traditional politician. I can manage. I can actually govern. unlike this other buffoon. And I'm going to prove it to you by trying to be worse at reality TV than he is. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to I thought you were going to pitch me on uh like that last bit of like I'm the actual one that can govern here taking a docu-series and and you know Clinton's they have so much money the Global Clinton initiative, right? You know, billions of dollars. Why didn't they do a docu-series showing what would have happened if she did win the presidency? Like take over some banana republic, take over like right. uh, I don't know some part some part of the Congo. You've got Not the money and the influence, and then right? <laughs> and turn the thing around. Show off your skills. That's that's what I'm saying. And then like you don't even need the, this bullshit where you're talking to people about different careers. Just show that you can get the job done. All right, I'm gonna come through and shit on a beverage uh, tonight. I'm a big fan of rye whiskeys. Uh, mm-hmm. And tonight, for the first time, uh, generally back in the day, I used to enjoy the Woodford Reserve bourbon. And tonight, yeah. I decided to try their rye, and I'm going to come out against it. I'm going to say uh, it's not. I, 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 all right. Firstly, I've been a little bit spoiled as of late. I've been drinking the Angel's Envy rye. It's a little oh, yeah. bit out of my price range for a typical beverage. And I'll be honest, it's only good for one or two cups because it's, it's a little uh, sweet to me. Very the sweet. Angel's Envy. Yeah, right. Very yeah, sweet. Super sweet. Very sweet. It's like a maple syrup. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bullet rye has always been kind of my classic. Recently, I've been drinking the Knob Creek rye, and I've been very impressed with that. Uh, and so I decided to try another new one tonight, and I went for the Woodford, and thus far, unimpressed. A little bland. I like that you have the the giant. You're like, well, let me just give this a try, and bought the biggest bottle you could. No, find that's of. not. No, that's a regular size bottle. That's not like. Is it? Uh, are you yeah, just? Are the, you? The, I don't remember you being this little. Dude, you're I'm not five, a yeah, little person. That, I'm, that, five, that you, that, I'm five six. I guess that's the camera angle. Looks like it must be. It looked like you're, you're like, like a, a leperkan holding up. Yeah. 
It looked like like I'm a big guy, but I got this. Right. I'm drinking my bullet bourbon. Just yeah, neat. that's uh yeah. Maybe it's just close. But to this camera, is the big bottle. But this is the big bottle. Oh, that the is Costco the big bottle. bottle? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the big bottle. Probably, if you look back, I at do that have a little episode, head though. People uh, were making fun, and it's not the most flattering. Uh, your junk looks terrific in it, but the the episode that you and I did live. It's like your legs and my entire torso, like your legs like are the size of my torso. It does look, I do look like mini me version of you. Someone, people were commenting that I look like, it, it was like very older, younger brother vibe. I was like, I could see that. You oh. look like a giant next to me in that video. It's uh, partially, it's, it's partially angling. I mean, you're taller than me, but it's partially oh, the sure. angling that like you're close to the camera and I'm like, I'm like off the corner, but it does look, uh, it's definitely a Tom Cruise moment for me. <laughs> I was hoping that at some point it looked like it would look like you were actually sitting on my lap, like you were, uh, you know, what do they call those, like the ventriloquist dummies? Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. All right, so uh, you know, before we get into some real news topics here and start breaking down the show, uh, you were saying that you had to take a gnarly shit, and you know, <laughs> I did. This, uh, yeah, we do, we do talk about dumps on this show quite a bit, so it's a, uh, it's a safe space if you want to get into it. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just tell you. So I literally like this happens all the time with with podcasts that I do after dinner. Cause you know, it's later your time, but I just say dinner. Like every time I'm like, what was Oh dinner? God, what was dinner? Dinner, dinner tonight. Oh, it's, it was heavy. It was, it was uh Bavarian, like sausage and Spotzel. I did like an Oktoberfest themed dinner. What is so Spotzel? Heavy. Spotzel's German pasta. Okay. Imagine like, I don't know. Imagine just like if, if you made pasta, but you didn't actually make it into noodles. You just kind of like, you know, it just clumped it in your hands and then squeezed it with rage until it popped out between your knuckles. That is what Spotzel is. And like I think that is how it was made. Pasta, but then you started thinking about the Jews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just like, I can't believe we lost. You know, <laughs> everyone is the one that got away. So I ate that. And it's like, I could feel it. It's like sitting in my guts heavy. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be slowly leaking out farts. If you see me mute my microphone, it's that's okay. why. Oh, yeah. There we go. Well, see, just now, just happened. But no. I don't. I don't have to smell them remotely, so you can you can fart away. We need smell-o-vision. That's what's going to put us on the map well, as libertarians. That, that's what's going to be the problem with smell-o-vision is that it's just going to be people sending each other their farts. That's it. That's all that's uh, ever going to be. A hundred percent. Yeah, but that's, that's also gonna, the the promise of smell-o-vision is that you can sniff other people's farts from abroad. <laughs> well, that one chick uh, from like Ninety Day Fiance made. She was making like. $5,000 a day selling farts in a jar until she had a heart attack from trying to push farts out too hard. Oh my God. That's the craziest story <laughs> I ever heard. <laughs> well, do you want to hear the story of my, my heinous, uh, trying moments? I, it was like, it was like a, a Herculean effort or a, what's the one? Uh, it was like a Homer in the Odyssey effort of me trying to find a bathroom to take a dump yesterday. Okay. Because, and I had a spicy chicken sandwich at a fair, a world fair in Hawthorne, because obviously Hawthorne home to right. every every race and creed, but had a spicy chicken sandwich, took a That's nap. That's fried. That's fried, That's right? Fr deep fried, right? So it shouldn't be yeah. like food poisoning. Man, right as I'm about to leave the house at like five, I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. I feel tired. I feel like, I, I'm like okay, so I take a, take a crap, normal shit. Get in the car, start driving. I'm like, nope, nope. You found back out that, was just, that was round one. That was round one. Put it in reverse, back up to my house, go back in, take another dump, get back in the car, start driving again, get about 10 minutes into the trip, and I'm like, oh, this is bad. Make a U-turn, then decide, no, you must push through. You got to carry on here. Make another okay. U-turn, get back on the freeway. 
Then I realized I really fucked myself. So okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting the cold sweats. I'm getting like, you know, like the, the guts, yeah. the gut tremors. My hair on my arms is standing up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, where can I go? So I go to a public park. I'm like, if the homeless can do it, I can do it. All the bathrooms are locked in the public park. And I've now wasted precious minutes getting out of my car, walking to the bathroom. Now I have to get back in the car. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I've, I'm a member of a gym, LA Fitness. I'll go to the gym. It's five o'clock, by the way, on a Saturday. Walk, park my car in a structure. Walk up the stairs to the gym. Fucking gym's closed. And at this point, I'm like, I am I being pranked? Where's Ashton Kusher? Where's Ashton, uh, I don't even know, shit Kusher. So I get back in my fucking car, drive down the street, get to a McDonald's, where, of course, all the bathrooms are locked because of the homeless people. And uh, finally, some merciful man, you know, probably a 45-year-old with autism that's managed to piece together a living, allowed me to absolutely commit a hate crime in their bathroom. And this is at McDonald's or this is at McDonald's. Oh, okay. At McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. So that was um, my that was my story from yesterday. But at least well, I didn't shit my pants. As a active survivor of IBS, uh, the <laughs> lesson I I, I will uh, grant to you uh, first is uh, you only get one warning, and that, that's big mm. with shits. Your body will give you one warning, and if you try and ignore that first warning, like it's almost like the way like earthquakes, like they come with like the little earthquake type thing, and you're like, all right, I'm good type. But that means like there's gonna be I don't know if earthquakes are though. I don't know why I went with that example. Yeah, I, I uh, think yes, oh, you, you got to say you get you get one warning. And don't ignore that one warning. Like, you got to act right away. I even had, when I used to live in Astoria, sometimes I would wake up early. And if I woke up early, that usually meant I was going to have to use the bathroom. And if my roommate was shat, I would just get up right away and go to my gym, which was like three blocks down. Because I just knew. Like, I just I just started to learn. Like, you only get one warning. You'll be in there. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll you just gotta, be in there. You got you to pounce on that warning. Uh, the other thing is fair food. Like, I, 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 oh, I just, dude. to me... Over at my age, overeating is a home game activity. Like when I'm home, I'm a fat fuck. Like I get after it. But like when I'm on the road and like I'm in these towns and like I just see like I'll never get an opportunity to eat those donuts again. I'll never get an opportunity <laughs> to eat this. But like it's just overeating is a home game activity. I'm not like but at the same time, uh, adventurous when I'm out there. Well, you could just yeah, but you could also like if you're at like a fair fair with you know anywhere with porta potties. You're also as disgusting as it is. is. I, mean, I can't settle in. You can destroy in. that. You can't. You can't. You can't uh, just I let just, it rip. No, I can't settle into a porta potty. <laughs> That's not me. I got too much dignity. Uh, and speaking of people without dignity, before we get into the Hillary Clinton, uh, I did come across a couple other things that I wanted to, uh, you know, preliminary, a little, uh, a little appetizer of uh, of hate watches. So this one was my crappetizer wasn't enough for you. Oh, no, it was excellent. I think it set the mood. I think it set the mood for what we're about to consume here. Uh, so this was making the rounds on social media that I've never been a person who's gotten too down rabbit hole of uh, 9-11 being an inside job. I just haven't haven't watched any of the documentaries, didn't really explore it. Could be. I don't know. It's just not something I ever really considered. There was a building that went up in flames in China. I think typically speaking, when we think of China, we don't think of them as having better legislation Fire. When it comes to no. buildings, right? Or that they're more right. sound on these things. And people are pointing out that this entire building went up in flames without collapsing. I'm curious if you came across this and uh, if you had any thoughts on it. Oh, I'm not showing well, the no. footage right now. My bad. Hold on here. I can put it up on screen. I'm like, I'm yeah, over yeah, here on my head watching the video. Here, wait, let me, uh, let me start that back. You can see, I mean, that thing's a pillar of smoke. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Entire building's on fire. 
uh, and clearly not an implosion. Well, that's the, that's it is the, not crumbling well, in on itself. Well, it's because the Chinese believe in dragons. Clearly, there's a fire dragon living in the middle of that tower that's holding right. it up. Okay, a, B, a plus B equals C, man. I mean, it's simple. And also, I think, to your point, uh, you know, we're like, hey, asbestos is bad. We should get that out of these right. places. But this is probably just built solid asbestos, right? Asbestos right, doesn't right. burn. Right. They don't have the same. Also, now that I'm looking at it, this does not look like this building's as tall as the Twin Towers. That's pretty tall. I mean, it's got to be at least 50 stories, though. I mean, that was a big building. Um, but I like how people are instantly like, why didn't this? It, it, what the question is, was this building built after the Twin Towers? Probably. I mean, technology advances. All right. This one's disappointing, but there was a video in uh, New York City, uh, before we get to oh, this God. article, of this guy with an axe. <laughs> You know, I don't have the video, so let's get into this one. Saturday Night Live gets its first non-binary cast member. And Did they have the that? Bat, Wasn't I, it I, called wait, It's Pat? Yeah. What <laughs> I don't even know, like sometimes I try and actually uh, come in with some understanding, and we are going to watch a little of the footage, and I want to say before we watch the footage, uh, I do stand-up, and uh, I actually am sensitive about people's opinions of my stand-up, so personally, I'm not going to shit on her jokes. I'm not going to comment on her humor. Uh, but I do think it's it's uh, worthwhile to watch for context of uh, the individual. But before I play the video, I'm curious: can you even define what nine what non-binary is? Because uh, I cannot. I, mean, I don't know. Like I, I I hand it to you. I, non-binary, I guess, means that you just do not identify as a man or a woman, but you can be anything in between. Any, I mean. That's that's what it means to me. Like it's it's anything. It's a cornucopia. I think on any given day you can pick what you're what you identify as. Like, but I don't know what that would categorize you as. Like, if you're not a man and not a woman, then what are you? A, a, a sexual piece of play-doh? Are you a, a vegetable with a, a half cock? I mean, I don't know what I mean, that. I'm a, I'm a moody person. So in other words, there's some days where you're like, I feel like a dude, and there's some days that you feel like a lady, and so you just kind of go with your mood a little bit. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Yeah, I get literally, that. <laughs> literally and figuratively. All right. So uh, impressively. So I first I Googled nine billion. And I was like, I can't dig that far into it. I was like, I don't even understand. Uh, but then we're, we're going to watch some of the stand up. Uh, you're welcome to make fun of. Uh, oh, my God. What is going on here? What just happened to my screen? Did it uh, decide that it was non-binary yeah. as well with AC? <laughs> it's like, I'm neither AC nor DC. I am non-binary and I'm not able to keep charge. <laughs> Uh, so I certainly do think it, that it would seem like casting might have said, hey, let's find a person within this category. Um, and so they managed to find a person within the category. But let's watch a little bit of this footage, because while watching it and the set is about coming out, yeah. I actually cannot determine if this is a male that wants to be female, a female like I actually think she's proof of concept that maybe there is something in between. <laughs> like, yeah. so let's give it a watch and you tell me what you think she or he might be because I actually, I'm lost. Oh, I got the sound. Hold on. I can't hear anything. Can you? Oh, you can't? Hold on. Yeah, sound's not coming through. Make sure you click that little share sound box when you share screen. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's try this again. That's always the catch. 
Like it's like right on the, I think it's like towards the bottom. It says share audio for the uh, window. No, no, I might, I must have just, uh, hold on. I will say she's definitely dresses. No, I feel like she's leading in or him, whatever it might be. Ire, sure, shim, they are leaning into the non-binary. Like even the way that they're dressed is very uh, middle of the road, like meatloaf. Uh, yeah, that's like a good the, even the hat, the black hat, no logos, right. like intentionally, no, no. I mean, I guess Comedy Central, they probably wouldn't let you wear right. a logoed shirt, but I once had, and I, I don't like this because this has happened to me more than once. Uh, where I'm go, like I once had, I was sitting in a bar, I'm waiting on uh, a hot date. I struck out with her, but I did have a hot date, <laughs> and I look up and across the bar, there's a lady that looked exactly like me wearing the exact clothes I was wearing. <laughs> and I'm like, that doesn't make me feel good about myself. <laughs> Are you sure you're just so drunk that you're just hitting on yourself in the mirror? It could be. It could be. I've had that more than <laughs> once in New York City where I've gone out and then seen a butch lesbian that's literally wearing my exact outfit. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I got to go home because uh, I guess, you know, we're both trying to pretend like we're more manly than we are. So <laughs> let's let's give this a watch. Let's, hopefully the sound will work this time, which I think it will. And yeah, we I blacked out. So um, the only thing I kind of remember saying to, Here, them I'm pull it back to come from the out to are my two brothers because they're my boys, y'all. And I said, it was before Uber. So I said, hey, fellas, get in the van. Mom's driving us to the bar. I got something to tell you. And we blacked out. So um, the only thing I kind of remember saying to them was I grabbed their necks and I said, brothers. I like my bagels, they like my boobies, and that's two at a time in my hands. And then I squeeze their necks real tight. So I had to come. I, it's like a lady that mated with a carrot and is doing a Chris Farley impression. I feel like that's yes. the, that's the uh, read I'm getting. Dude, 100%. She is ripping Chris Farley off badly. So maybe that's why. Maybe this is the way you get on SNL. You go non-binary and you impersonate Chris Farley because that is exactly what it is. And I but lived I, in a band down <laughs> by the river. All right, let's play a little more in because I, I, I would lose this test if you asked me, was this a guy trying to be a girl or a girl trying to be a guy? Like if I had to guess what the genitalia might have been originally, I don't even know. I mean, I guess it's 50-50, but I, I would be at a loss. I'm going hardcore chick identifying as a dude or, you know, in between whatever it might be. But I will say, I know you don't want to comment on the jokes. Uh, I won't specifically comment on the jokes either, but I will say that for a Comedy Central, uh, is this a special or just a bit? Or is this just like a few minutes of her comedy? But the, the lack of laughter is uncomfortable. <laughs> it is uncomfortable to watch that is uh, a televised set that has this little laughter. All right. Well, let's continue playing. Come out to them again properly the next morning. Jeff Bezos was not like, laughing. Maldell, you said it was obvious. How would we know you were gay? And I said, well, uh, I had a bowl cut till I was 13 and a half by choice. Okay? I signed up for sixth grade softball so I could wear the pants. And I wore my all that t-shirt till it disintegrated off of my body. Well, you got a, a very long swatch. I, hanging I, down her wrist there is that what the, is that the dick because I, I think it's a chick without a dick i think that extra long pink swatch watch hanging off her wrist is she's like this is my dick now i've never seen a i could not like i i'll put it through a poll like i mean if you took it by body part it's like it seems like stomach of a lady with smaller breasts but chin of a man that's overweight <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. What, what's your read? What do you, what do I, you, what, if you had to gun to your head, what are we working with here? I, I legitimately think it is a gal that was okay. born a gal, right? But she's got linebacker shoulders for fucking sure. I mean, she is a wide shoulder broad, but that just might be like a fine generations of backcountry inbreeding, man. You know, like it, it's, I think it's totally a chick. As right. you know, long, long hair still, but it's say- bragging about having a bowl cut young means like chick uh, dressing as a dude to me. I got to say, uh, God bless, because then this is proof of concept, because I will give I will give you a win on the, hey, I'm not in either category here. I, I mm-hmm. accept that answer. I, I, I don't know how else you'd possibly define it, right? Because it's but what's odd is to say you're non-binary because then what do you what are you somebody supposed to do if they want to have sex with you if they are attracted to you how do you proceed like how do these people find other people is it only you date other non-binaries or can you just choose and be greedy whatever the day you've got to assume if you're having sex with a non-binary you're putting it in their poopal because Hmm. like because then that's going to be available no matter what unless they identify as not having a butthole (laughs) in which case that gets a little confusing (laughs) I do like that aspect, though. Aspect. All right. So let's get into uh, Gutsy. Let me uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, let me. Rem- oh, wait. Let me remove this. Let me uh, stop that screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me share this screen. Look at the professionalism here. I love there it. There we man. go. See the, oh, the no, sweet no, look, co- look, look. co-hosting I'm doing here, making noises to to make sure there's not awkward silences as you cue this up. Um, and we got lucky because, uh, you know, for some reason, uh, my Apple subscription was not working at all tonight. I was not able to stream. Uh, but Lou, who uh, <laughs> has volunteered to do some back end work, he managed to download this for me. And if uh, there's any moments where the sound is out of sync, whatever, we're working with what we have. Um, today's episode, I believe, it, the because uh, they, they, these are themed. They're themed episodes. And this one is Gutsy Women That Refuse to Hate. Um, and it's because they prefer to say everything's fine and just be quietly resentful. I think that that's, uh, I love it. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. It's opt for careful, manipulative repu- uh, retribution. All right. So let's give this a watch. We're probably not going to make it through the whole thing because, uh, these are very boring. You know, like sometimes there's moments that you can actually make fun of. And then uh, as we experienced last week, sometimes it's so slow. So we're just going to, we're going to let it hang in the background, and we'll talk over it as it goes. It's like one of your favorite places, huh? When everything in the world is overwhelming, my favorite thing to do is just to take people to the river. Like, just let's go be quiet. Be She's like, I drown people in the river. <laughs> Even when there's terrible things happening around you. 100%. still this. I like the pink flower. Thank you. You have a big, giant flower on you. You have to live up to it. does sort of make you smile. <laughs> a different way to fake it till you make it. <laughs> Fake it till you make it is Chelsea Clinton's motto, by the way. Or I guess make it till you fake it. I don't know. But yeah. Hillary Clinton's also got a massive, ridiculous fisherman's right, so hat. Here's the first contrived moment where, as if this lady was not cast for this exact reason, that I guess she used to be a racist because the left oh, is obsessed with the fact of how many racists exist out there. So this lady's a reformed racist, and now I guess she tries to work to track down other people who are legit racist to talk him out of it these black activists and gave my reasons for why i had like not covered it up or whatever and like and she was just like 
yeah, well, like it can still do harm. So now I actually want to get like a life-size blue heron as my cover-up for it. As just oh, I thought she's like, I don't want to cover it up in case I go back to prison. You know, <laughs> white angels forever. Yeah. You got to have a team in there. The definition of gutsy. Yeah. The easiest way for me to explain what I do is that I fight literal Nazis and help literal Nazis not be Nazis anymore. Because there's so many of them out there still yeah, this right. very day. How, how many? How much money does she, is she like working for like a nonprofit or something? Is it, or is this a hobby? Is this like a, a side gig that she's like, well, you know, professionally I'm a CPA, but on the side fight Nazis. I don't know. You think the canoe rides are the side hobby, and then the Nazis <laughs> oh, is the main hustle, or that's, Nazis that's the, is the main hustle? Oh, all right. So this is a great moment. Let's give this a watch for a second. My various pantsuits. Okay, so there's a very nice sort of orange. Oh my god! She's matching pantsuits to fucking coffee makers. Is that what I'm wanting? No. Is that so? Oh, this is oh, this is something else. In the else effort, in the effort to make her look like she's human, because Noah producer sat down and they're contriving all these moments. So this contrived moment is the is Hillary laughing about the fact that she maxes Keurig machines. And somebody is she laughing at somebody else matching her to them? Like, oh, I can laugh at myself. I clearly yes. have a sense of humor. Oh my god, you fucking serious? But I mean, that's the moment that they chose to have. That's a contrived moment that a producer was like, "What can we do to make Hillary look human? Oh, we can have a fun moment about these pantsuits." Sadly, you've seen that most of your life because of you know your your own experiences. I don't really remember a time in my life when I wasn't aware of the. Didn't they do this exact same conversation last episode? They're victims. Distinct. I mean, and not just because they're women. (laughs) Really impressive. Because they're unlikable rich public women. Well, and they they have the guts to go on social media. They both just have heads like the way their hair sits. It looks like they are wigs. Like the I understand the lizard people thing because it looks like the wigs could fall off at any point in time for those heads and just have the. The pulsating brains underneath the lizards. I I love this. You think her mom or her ever ate at this just divey taco establishment? Because Hillary introduces this like it's her mom. This was her mom's favorite place to eat. Is there any way? What? I mean, I don't know Hillary's background, but there's no way her. I bet this restaurant did not exist when her mom was alive. I bet I, if someone does the homework, there's no way that was her mom's favorite place. No, there's, there's zero chance. Well, is this in Arkansas? Is this in D.C.? Like, where's Clinton? From? I don't even know where Hillary Clinton's from. Oh, yeah, that's a good question also. Wait, is this looks like it's in Venice, California. Actually, it looks like a place called, like, uh, fuck, I can't, I'm blanking on the name of it now. Doesn't matter. Either way, yeah, she's full of shit. Now, wait, see, now, she's wearing a beautiful yellow pantsuit, so you'd think she would match it with some sort of yellow cocktail. That's what I'd be doing if I was her. Right, if she, I was- Chelsea should be drinking red wine. <laughs> if I was Kim Jong uh, Un, I would match my outfits with Hillary Clinton. Like I would, I oh, would have tailors. Yeah. I would see what she wore the day before, and I would always wear that the next day. That would be my <laughs> entire life: is wearing Hillary Clinton style outfits. <laughs> so now, oh, they've got a comedian. What do they say? Wait, turn up a little bit more. Out of her mouth today, Franzia obsessed cul-de-sac driveway day drinkers. 
Okay, so now they're reading mean tweets about themselves. You know, Shannon, you literally but back threw to tacos into the battle against the gun lobby, the NRA in particular. I, the thing is, it's, it's just them sitting around for the most part. Like this entire show is sitting around. I want to see these people being gutsy. Like, could they not find any footage of these chicks actually doing the do? Jamil Hill is on ESPN. You couldn't cut to some some shit on ESPN of her doing the do and being you know, like a bad bitch on. I think the gimmick is look at how many different settings Hillary Clinton could be uninteresting in. And yeah. so when you're this uninteresting, clearly you'll actually get work done. Like Donald Trump would be fun to kick back and party with. So like you can envision him partying all the time. But if you're Hillary, I, I guess you've got no choice but to go get work done because who the fuck wants to who's hanging out? She's like, look, no one's even coming up to take pictures with me at this Mexican <laughs> restaurant at three right. in the afternoon. Not even the drunks at happy hour. <laughs> I like when they frame up a chick sitting in front of like a photography screen, you know, but then they still show the sides of it. So like, right. just so you know, this is a set. Are they knitting for peace? What the fuck are we looking at here? Yeah, here's a question for you. Okay. So, you know, chicks always get Botox around the eyes, right? Because they don't want crow's feet. Hillary Clinton looks like she has Botox everywhere but the crow's feet. And I bet that's intentional because she's like, I want people to see that I laugh a lot. So leave those in so I've got my uh, crinkle eyes. Or maybe it's like a lizard thing where it's like the rest can be stretched, but like the eyes are kind of a little more sensitive. Yeah. Dude, when I got Botox for, for I got Botox in my forehead before my wedding, right? Because I have, like you really? big bacon. Oh yeah, because I had big bacon head, so I just got it right here. Because I was like, I don't want bacon. Did your wife ask pictures. you to do that, or you actually wanted uh, to do no, it? No, I volunteered, and then but what's happened? They don't tell you this about Botox. Yeah. What happens is when you got no hair up top to hide it, all that happens is the flesh all wrinkles up, right? And peaks at the top of the head. So instead of wrinkles you know, on my forehead, I had wrinkles at the top of my head, like a goddamn demon was trying to pop out of my skull. You know what the problem with playing that game whatsoever is because any one of us can look in the mirror and notice all the flaws. And if you try and cover them up, you're just going to obsess over this shit. And then you end yeah. up with more problems because by the way, even when you go to doctors for like actual health issues, my experience is it's like flipping a coin. If they can actually make a recommendation or notify you of the problem, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you're going to a plastic surgeon, they're going to tell you that they can fix it. Right. And then they're probably not. And then, like, you just go deeper down that rabbit hole because now you're obsessing over it. I love that. Everybody that yeah. goes to plastic surgery, it always results in the same thing. They're always like, oh, yeah, I can fix it. You're going to look beautiful. And it always ends up with cat. No matter what, it always like they always end up looking like a cat. It's like there's there's two surgeries that I think are worthwhile. One is there's a couple women that I know that I saw them later in life and I was like, oh my God, you got to see Hillary Clinton's mom. I'm going to shut up here. Look at her mom. Wow. Is that the, is that the non-binary chick that's on SNL now? I mean, talk about demons making other demons. <laughs> Who would have thought that relative to Hillary Clinton's mom, she's an attractive lady. All right. I got to shut the fuck up and then remind me about a uh, plastic surgery that works. Cause it's right. a great moment. Megan, the stallion. Wait, turn it up a little bit. Yeah. He's like, yes, he's like, of course you all are surrounding. Look at me. I'm poor. She is proving what's possible for women artists when you're not afraid. I'm a I got to pause it. <laughs> immediate cut. Immediate. I have oh. to pause it. 
I mean, where have we gone as a culture? We're a lady that's running for presidents, ran for presidency, and then part of her claim was how undignified the other person is. Mm-hmm. Now is trying to make a comeback and not talk about policy. And in her conversation about gutsy women, they're praising what a woman can, what a lady can go out and accomplish. And then without irony, going directly to a cut of someone being overtly sexual. Literally, they're like, it shows what you can accomplish if you're not afraid. And it cuts to 75 naked, no, not naked, be thonged, massive booties crouching down and showcasing their asses on a bunch of bleachers. <laughs> Good job, producers. To Megan the Stallion's credit, I usually like, uh, I like a thin lady. That's everyone's into their thing. I am too. And I'm not I'm not saying that there are people that don't fit that archetype that I couldn't find attractive. And I, I, I I'll also admit I'm kind of gay. I'm, I'm into personalities. I like people that are fun. Like I'm not I, I'm not chasing after uh, people that I don't find uh, uh, interesting to hang out with for a larger build. Because I like an exposed rib. Like, I really like thin ladies. Like, like yeah. tits, I, I'll i take eight. I don't care. I like a, well, you're, you're, a thin... you're a Jew. You're a Jew. You've got that Jesus fetish. You know, he's up That's on the right. cross. He's got those those real cut ribs up there, those thin legs. And he's just kind of like, do me, Rob. <laughs> I mean, it's the forbidden fruit, man. I get Maybe. it. You want that in the no, lady. I, I, what I really want is I want a tall, thin lady with thick head of hair and a cheerful attitude. So just one shot, I can fix my gene pool. That's so what want, I'm looking you for. You want share. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, so here we go. They're trying to celebrate gutsy women, and uh, in terms of what people can go out there and accomplish, the inventions, the charity, the good things that women can stand up for and accomplish, we have the ultimate example of what the Clintons are looking to celebrate here. Uh, so let's watch some more of what they produced a show around to let humanity know is worth celebrating of female accomplishments. Female CEOs, women that went out there, they entered into uh, male-dominated fields and made something for themselves mm-hmm. and really stood up for women. So let's give a watch to see what that looks like. <laughs> I like the producers. Like, I thought you said Butsy was the name of the show. That's why I got Megan the Stallion booked. She certainly isn't bowed by the hate that she receives, and she's unfortunately receives a lot of hate. Does Megan the Stallion receive a lot of hate? I don't think she receives any hate. I think everyone's like, this lady's hot and she can rap. Yeah, she can rap. She's got a big old ass. She's not afraid to talk about wet ass pussy. I, I, yeah, there's no hate coming at her. All right, you got to listen to this because they actually play and talk about WAP. A creative time for me. I've gotten back into painting. It makes me calm. And I was trying to please everybody and make everybody else happy. I was losing myself, I felt like. So I just had to remember who I was. Please tell me she's just painting buttholes. Myself to just, you know, get back into me <laughs> and figure out what makes me happy. I loved art as a kid. I was not good. <laughs> My parents would come to a little like art show and the teachers would invariably say something like, you really appreciate Chelsea. She keeps her workstation very clean. <laughs> she's just so tidy. Right, like She is very punctual. One thing about her, she's on time. She's on time. Well, that's because you had a chauffeur dropping you off all the fucking time. (laughs) Easy to be on time when you had a private car and police escorts everywhere, Chelsea. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? You see that footage and Chelsea's not even cleaning her workstation. There's literally like a slave that follows her around. (laughs) He's just chained to her ankle. She's yanking Like Dobby and Harry the Potter. Yes. Here we go. Hillary Clinton. As soon as she sent me the song. Talking about WAP. Talking about WAP. 
And it was just it's so, so fucking desperate that they have to play. Like they're like, what can we possibly relate ourselves to that this young generation likes? Wet ass pussy. Has Hillary Clinton ever in her life been associated with wet ass pussy? Ever. Well, she doesn't even have a vagina, so you know this. Is, she's got to watch things like this and go. Wait, they get wet. <laughs> Like, Somebody get me a, likes these kids. <laughs> she needs some implants in there. I don't ever want it to shift what I think about myself. If you knew me, you knew I was always like this. And it's just that now. Hillary Clinton's like, like, I did know you. I did Were you know. surprised, though, by the concern? This has got to be the most uncomfortable meeting for everyone involved. That in this day and time, that when you have so many options of so many things to look at and listen to, that the first thing that you want to critique and talk about is something you don't like. That's like your one where you what? the guy. It's because it's played on every radio station, though. Like, I, but that, that's literally what we're doing right now is we're spending our time on something <laughs> it, it's specifically because we hate it. She's talking to us. She's yeah. trying to teach us a lesson. But still, it's pushed down. It's pushed in your face. Of course, you know, it's like, look, it's not that people are seeking out shit to hate. I don't go out in my daily life and try to find shit to hate. It I mean, just we're doing that shoved. right now. That's literally the premise of the show. But we though. know about the show because <laughs> right. it's been shoved in our faces. We want to see. So I'm like, okay, boom, here you go. I remember hoes used to clap for me happily. Now bust up and them same hoes mad at me. Acting like they ride the whole time trying to pass me. This looks like the best restaurant ever, by the way. It's just the waitress is you order food, but they just come eat it and shake their asses and pussies in your face. It sounds fantastic. Can you imagine? You're like, I was actually hungry. Like, <laughs> well, you know what they say take a bite of this ass. There you go. Once I read that I wasn't really in school and I'm doing it for clout, and I'm like, okay. People just make shit up. The Clintons have never had a decent response to anything, by the way. Because you look, most of the time, people will say something like an anecdote, and you go, oh, yeah, you know what? I can associate with that. I went through the same thing. Not these bitches. Right. Hillary like, I also remember when I was coming up and I was uh, dropping my ass out on the club for the boys and <laughs> just no one was tipping me, throwing yeah, silver dollars like they're trying to hurt me. Uh, that's how I won Bill over. I was out there twerking. <laughs> I, was showing I, was, her how, I, I was showing how to work it. I was twerking at the Miss Cheese Curd Festival out in Arkansas. Bill's all like, uh, you're, you're 21. Uh, I, I like him a little y- younger. <laughs> I really want them to pull out so I can see what Hillary Clinton is painting. They better show us all these paintings at the end of this. Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion just set the entire female gender back by a hundred years with their disgusting vile WAP song. And then it's like the first thing they think is let's bandwagon on it. I also heard this. I also know that. And let's disregard how this may be making her feel right now. Look at her having a breakdown. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you put me through so much and then when I finally saw I'm just waiting for Hillary Clinton to get into the dialogue to try to mimic the dialogue of Megan Thee Stallion. Because I know it's coming. Like, uh, tell the girlfriend, like, that's coming. Well, she seems to nod and repeat a lot. She doesn't really add all that much if we're being, you know. (laughs) There's the nod. Oh, well, she put the... She did do the hand up. So funny. It's like there's like some mental algorithm in her head where she's like, all right, you got nothing to say. Just laugh. 
Oh, totally. It's like the Kamala Harris uh, reaction. Yeah. A nice stoic shot. Flowers. A pool. All right. I think I got oh. two more scenes left in me, and then I got to yeah, go yeah, vomit. That sounds good. Sounds good. Now, tell me, you if you were there, if they were filming this, how great would it be if you could convince them, like, no, no, it's Hillary Clinton's birthday. Go over and do the song. Give her the flan with a candle in it, please. <laughs> oh, you mean to convince them to do, like, a whole birthday thing? Oh, yeah, like a whole, like, yeah, dance around her with the maracas and all, all right. that shit. <laughs> let's see who they interview next. Oh, wait, and to see, see her lose her mind, like, get the fuck away from me, you goddamn beaners. <laughs> Baltimore. They're going to go do some heroin, hang out with some locals. Well, that's a tall lady. Jesus. Is she going to be? Oh, it's it's going to be an OnlyFans. It it does look like a dude, actually. Yeah. Wow. This is what it's a a cross dresser. Yeah. This is what they're celebrating. But I mean, but isn't there a commentary to that, that like not only are they doing a reality show and not talking about policy, they're purposely dipping into celebrating sexuality. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It should be. It's it should be called. It should be called kinky. Yeah. And I'm not. I think people should go live free, enjoy themselves. I'm not a religious man myself. But there's something about pretending like this is the most important thing in all of politics is that people's sexuality should be celebrated. There's a difference between yeah, go for it. What I say, you know, we're celebrating uh, this this person who's gutsy for their you know their sexual their their kink, if you will, and yet poor Louis C.K. can't whip his dick out, show it to a couple people. Come on, they celebrate a kink. That's like I love that Sturgill Simpson line, which I'm I'm not gonna get the line right, but like the uh, the most outlaw thing a man can do today is give a girl a ring. It's something yeah. close to that, but there is something about that where it's like the culture is so shifted where it is kind of bad. Like if you're a guy who goes to church, believes in God, and has a family, that is more of like a fuck you to society now. Like yeah. that's almost like. You know what I mean? Like that almost takes more conviction than 50 years ago living an alternative lifestyle. Like that now is the totally, alternative man. lifestyle. Yep. I completely agree. Cause it's like, you're going against what's well, like, I've been saying like the whole next generation coming up behind us. I honestly think is going to be swinging way more conservative because the dominant culture right now is this like Uber progressive, like everything right. goes, you know, like we're, we're resist everything, but it's like, you're not resisting shit. You are the culture now. So the next right. one's going to be the counterculture going back to like typical standard values. It's like God is now punk rock. Like being a dad yeah. is going to be fucking punk rock. Oh God. Creed's going to make a huge comeback. <laughs> that not band or whatever the fuck they are. Creed. <laughs> Creed's going to be the coolest thing in our culture. <laughs> it's like, we thought we didn't understand EDM. Just wait till the kids are like worshiping Creed. <laughs> What is happening in this scene, by the way? They're, they went up the stairs with this, uh, what I think is a a dude, 99% sure is a dude. And they're in this like seance room with this giant blue, I don't know, warp zone. Is that how you get to level six in Super Mario behind her? I'm confused <laughs> what's happening. Hillary Clinton is like, I'm close to death. If we're doing a seance, probably my soul will be drawn into the other side. I need some children blood. Yeah, she's like, this is usually where I watch uh, Bill fuck kids. I've never just been here for a meeting. 
All right, let's Jamil fast Hill forward. Has said almost nothing. Yeah. Let's see the next person that they decide to meet with. An old bat. Oh wait, isn't that is that the the lady that said the n word when she was cooking? Is that that oh, lady? Oh, is it? No, Paula no. Paula Dean. Is that a fatter Paula Dean? That, that would be the lady's name. That would be gutsy if it was. Oh, I guess not. I don't know who. So how is this woman gutsy? Okay, so her, her kid got murdered, I'm guessing, or her lover. Because she has what looks like intestines for arms. <laughs> yes. And probably with diverticulitis like I have. Yeah. Oh, Kamala Harris looks awful. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. How would it be if, if Hillary Clinton's like, look, Kamala wouldn't do the show, but we got somebody that looks kind of like yeah. her. Just, yeah, we got, no uh, we got a stunt double. No one's going to know. Sorry. Somberly nodding. All right, let's take a look at one more uh, s- scene here. That, by the way, that's a great call, the Kamala Harris. Oh, totally. It's I, I like how that whatever that chick is that kind of looks like Kamala Harris is wearing the pantsuit that Hillary Clinton probably wanted to wear. Like, what's what are the odds that Hillary Clinton wore that same pantsuit, that bright yellow giant button monstrosity, and then was like, "Fuck, I got to change. We can't both wear this." Is this is this a Nazi? Another Nazi? All right, I'm going to say something terrible. <laughs> I feel like the, the time. I feel like the biggest losers of the trans thing, which by the way, God bless. I I don't care. This is not something I care about. I I have a joke in my act about it, and I believe this chaos is the emergence of new patterns not yet readily understood. Yeah. We might it might be a technological issue where we get to a point where uh you know, our babies are made in labs. We use CRISPR to make better babies and genders doesn't make a difference. I don't need these categories. But that's probably a lady and a lady that I would even find attractive. But if I came across her Tinder profile, I'd be so concerned that that might be a dude that I'd be like, okay, I can't go hang out with that person. Yeah, I feel you, man. Like, it's you definitely have to have a doubt. And then you're like, all right, what if it does turn out to be a dude? Now it's going to be a thing. Now I'm going to get yeah. canceled just for like, it's like, <laughs> the, like the trans people, like they're getting mad at lesbians because lesbians don't want to bang them. And they're like, oh, well, is that a I real like thing? Vagi- oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's like a big deal. They're calling well, like would, lesbians. Wait, wait. If you're, but are we talking about a lady that transitioned to being a man yeah. and now is uh, trying to no, go with a lesbians? Lady, a lady, uh, no, a man that transitioned to become a woman. And then, but they're like, the lesbians are like, I'm not into it. I'm into like lady ladies. And I think sometimes right. it's even dudes who are, who identify as women, but still have the dicks. And the lesbians are like, no, I'm into like real, you know, like vagina vaginas. And right. they're like, you are, you are transphobic. And it's just like, I don't know well, what to tell that, you, man. I mean, that's kind of rough. Cause now you're judging that person for their sexuality. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's completely hypocritical. I like how this chick, well, I want to see what this chick who's like a Nazi conversion person now what did she used to wear? Because now she's dressing like a soccer mom. She's got <laughs> yeah. you know the bangs. What did she used to wear? Was it extreme? Like, did she used to have this chick's hair? I, I mean, I know, she, I know I, the left tells us Nazis walk among <laughs> us at all times, but I, I have to think this is identifiers. I think she didn't have the back, so she was really going with the Hitler <laughs> part. 
She just, she just had, you know, she dye one part of her hair black in the middle so she could take her hair from the side and then run it across the, the front of her face yeah. and just have a black part right under the nose. <laughs> but it just looked like a skunk stripe to the side until she like wrapped it in front of her face. Sneaky Nazis. Isn't it amazing how married she is to the branding of Gutsy? Like, what has Hillary done in her life that's so unbelievable? Like, she sat down with a marketing company. They came mm-hmm. up with this idea of we're going to brand you around being gutsy. And I don't even know how much money she must have spent to get back that market research. But I can tell you, within two minutes, like, if I was sitting at that meeting, I'd just be like, this isn't going to work. And they'd be like, we have a list. I was like, your research is just wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm I, like, oh, wow. Oh, is she going to get it removed? Oh, now. Oh, here, gonna, oh here's uh, the tap. Oh, this chick. Was it the tattoo artist she was talking to? She's getting the, the blue heron over top of the Nazi symbol. It doesn't look to be going that well so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I dude, I don't even know why they thought gutsy was the phrase. I have to feel like they the research came back and she was like, I'm just going to override it. Like, you know what people want? Contrite. Uh, uh, fade into nothingness would be a good name for a show that you're in. I think people uh, really are yeah. resonating to that concept, Hillary. You know what? Would be, I'll tell you. Here would be the better terms. I, and I'm just—I'm ballparking here. I'm drinking. I haven't given this much thought. I would go with professional. I'd go with statesman. I'd go yeah. with things that, like the things that you should market around, which is, hey, I've got an expert expertise to being an actual politician. But like gutsy would fall into the unlikable category where it does it doesn't make sense it doesn't resonate with me makes me feel uncomfortable and i know you're bullshitting me it's literally yeah. everything that's wrong with her yeah exactly that's you nailed it. it it talking to these other women and i think we talked about this last episode too it's like you're talking to people who have had to overcome a lot of shit and what have you had to overcome hillary nothing and when you right. were pressed to overcome something you failed all right well that's we made it through it. Uh, what have you learned here tonight? You know, well, why don't we go old school TV sitcom <laughs> and leave the kids with a positive message? Uh, so before we call it the end of the weekend, you know, people are sitting there. They're having a beverage. They're smoking their weed. They're eating their Yo Deltas. Use promo code RYM, get 20% off. And they're like, I don't want to think about my Monday morning job. I don't want this episode to end. I want it to go forever. So what is the takeaway? What is the positive message that we can leave people with? After having watched this Hillary Clinton, I think the message we can take away, it's kind of like those Us Weekly uh, or People Magazine things like celebrities. They're just like us. You, too, can find a Keurig machine that matches whatever you want to wear that day. That's that's, going to brighten your week, everybody. There you go. It's like for for all, uh, you know, I was actually walking away with a very similar lesson, which is sometimes in life you're the underdog. And you don't have um, the wealth, expertise, the access to experts, and you think there's no way that I can win this game. But then you can watch content like this and realize, well, with all of that, they're getting it wrong, right? (laughs) Think about the marketing team that worked on this, the production team, everything that went into making this. these people look like they're intelligent, they should be running the world, that they're likable, and it's just not hitting. And so if all that expertise can lead to this much of a flop, you know what I mean? There's something to your brand and your authenticity. Yeah. 
believe in yourself, man. Believe in yourself and your opinions because clearly, yeah, millions of dollars can't buy you the answers as evidenced by guts. If if I had sketch show budget, the way to spoof this would be, uh, I, I guess, relabel the show just delusional and write like the <laughs> four minute sketch of uh, maybe I'll even work on that. I bet Chrissy Mayer can play Hillary Clinton. Maybe I'll even write that up. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm sure she's got the outfits in there. I mean, she's got red hair, so you, you got to wear baggy, differently, brightly colored clothes to offset that kind of hair color. Maybe maybe I'll even write that one up. All right. That's it for uh, for this week. And you know what's great about this is that it uh, depresses me so much I actually want to go to bed. Like, usually I'm an insomniac. Excellent. <laughs> I watch a full 40 minutes of Hillary Clinton trying to produce propaganda. And I'm like, I don't have any life left in me. I need to fall asleep and call it a day. I am glad to have been part of this emotional <laughs> vampiring, Robbie. <laughs> All right. Always a pleasure uh, for everybody right watching guy, yeah. live. Uh, don't leave yet. I have uh, October 1st. I'm going to be in uh, Perryville, Maryland. It's about an hour south of uh, Philly, maybe even closer, pretty close to Baltimore. It is a killer show with myself, BK Chris, Menu and Heart, and Justin Silver. That is a murderous row. All four of us can easily be headlining, and that's four of us all in the same show. That's going to be a uh, really cool time. It's a fan that owns the establishment, giving us the room for the night, and has very good uh, local beers that I'm excited to try. Uh, and uh, Mr. Brian, what do you got to plug? Well, just, you know, listen to Lions of Liberty, the Mark Clareless Lions of Liberty. It's a new experience. So, yeah, check that out. Meet Age Daydream Every Wednesday. Uh, my boring, the boring podcast, B-O-H-R-I-N-G, is the comedy podcast I do. Uh, and otherwise, uh, catch me shitting in a McDonald's by you when I can't find anywhere else to go. There you go. Love it. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Yep. Yeah.